0: Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Yusefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Okay, episode four. How you doing, Ian?
1: Feeling good. Ready okay. to ready to drop some knowledge. As oh always. yeah.
0: Well, we published, launched, whatever you want to call it, the podcast a couple of days ago. And it's, it's kind of been a wild ride since. There's a, a good number of you guys that are just ready to give Ian all of your money and have him manage it for you, which is not the intention at all of, of our show.
1: You know, the feedback that I got from my circle was a little different than yours. A lot of people in my circle are pretty much, they're not 100% into the Bitcoin game. They're Technologically savvy, so they understand the the technology side of things. But even from their perspective, a lot of the feedback was just like, "Oh, I never thought of it like that," or "That's a really good way to like simplify this." And so that was really good feedback for me that even my technical friends were still like, "Oh, this this sounds good. Like I would I would listen to this." Like this morning, this guy that I knew from like I want to say like ten years ago when I was doing one of my old, my startups, my first startup, um, he just randomly messaged me on Twitter hey man, I listened to your podcast. (laughs) The memories of like how I knew him like started coming up. And it was just like a person from 10 years ago is also a person that is interested in Bitcoin. Like there's a group of people that I know. And so it was kind of like shooting off a flare to be like, hey, like if you've heard me and you know who I am and I'm talking about Bitcoin now, maybe you should listen.
0: I'm just really excited for us to be able to have these conversations and educate people, but I don't want it to stop there. I don't want you guys to just feel like this is a one-sided thing. The feedback loop is really important because the goal is for us to design almost a course on how to get understand this stuff, whether or not you want to get into it, right? Like how to understand this stuff and apply it to other things that are happening around you. So with that said, I've made Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram accounts. We're going to post clips. Please do jump in on the Bitcoin banter so that we know what you think. And together we can keep flirting with Bitcoin. Okay, let's get into it. We learned a lot in the first three episodes. The first episode is where i asked you know with all these other cryptos that are out there why is bitcoin the one that i should be learning about and paying the most attention to and i do think you've made the case for it and ultimately whatever you're doing to like make money in the short term it should end up in bitcoin
1: correct bitcoin is your savings account
0: yes and from there we went you know with a dramatic twist uh into episode two you're explaining like Why we hear negative things about it, like Mm -hmm. the likely propaganda against it and the efforts to kind of cast a shadow over how much uh, power there is in owning Bitcoin.
1: So, yeah, we call that in the Bitcoin community FUD, fear, uncertainty and doubt. And those news articles are designed to make you either afraid of it, make you uncertain of it or make you doubt it.
0: Episode two is probably when you convinced me because... In that same conversation is when I finally do ask, how, do, how can I go about buying Bitcoin? And so I understand Bitcoin exchanges. I understand. I was also reminded that we have a, a credit card that gives us a Bitcoin rewards. It sounds like this FUD thing It absolutely worked on me up until episode two. So I think, uh, ha ha to them. <laughs> <laughs> Episode three, I think was one of like the more empowering conversations for me, because up until that point, I didn't really understand the security of Bitcoin. And I just thought, oh, it's really secure. But there are a lot of other women in my life who are in the similar situation as me. They're married to somebody who is really into Bitcoin and crypto, and they understand all of it. And they've tried to talk to them about it. It just hasn't clicked. They've kind of just fell back and been like, eh, he's, he's got it covered, I think. And it's not to say that they're not smart, intelligent people. They're just busy and are worrying about a million other things. Yeah, there's such an urgency that I feel with that message. There's also situations where women can be vulnerable and, you know, they don't have access to the And, and the wealth is being hid from them. And so I think we're at a really important point point where Bitcoin is a very real thing. And even if you think it's not going to last, if your partner has has a lot of wealth in Bitcoin, I don't feel like they're protected. If something happened and there was a divorce, they could likely get away with.
1: Yeah. The odds of them storing it in a way that's including the significant other is very low because those services just came out to the masses last year. Like you're just ahead of the curve.
0: Right. and I'm trying I'm trying to help other people out because this is real money. <laughs> this is real money. like I, I I think this
1: is real wealth.
0: This is real wealth. yes.
1: you know, if you think about it, like there's a lot of a lot of shady stuff that goes on now with like spouses hiding wealth from one another without Bitcoin. Bitcoin just makes it orders of magnitude easier.
0: Okay, Mr. Reese, here's the question. Where does Bitcoin come from?
1: Bitcoin is mind. You've probably heard the term Bitcoin mining. Uh, Is
0: it called Bitcoin mining because our currency used to be based in gold. Yes. So the idea is that our currency will be based in Bitcoin. So you are mining now for Bitcoin instead of gold.
1: Technically, it was just it was really more the reverse, which is to make people understand how it worked. They related it to how system used to work, which was you would dig gold out of the ground. You would take it to somebody. They would verify its purity. And then, you know, you could exchange it for dollars.
0: Can I make it poetic? <laughs> There's an elegance to Bitcoin that I'm uncovering.
1: Yes. Once you get it, you start to see all these other things that it does and it does well. And it is a very honest system and honest systems are something that we are definitely have a lack for right now. Like every system, every other computer system on the world in the world is pretty much controlled by somebody and can arbitrarily change the rules on you.
0: A systems administrator.
1: There's someone that's got a, <laughs> Exactly. There's someone that has yeah. a password and they can log in and delete your account or they can log in and, you know, like Bitcoin, no one's in control. So it's all based on trust. But you don't trust trust the individuals, you trust Bitcoin. So with Bitcoin mining, every 10 minutes, new Bitcoin is born into the world, if you want to call it that, if you don't want to call it mining, right? Like new Bitcoin is created.
0: Yeah, let's say born, let's make it spiritual.
1: Sure. New Bitcoin is born. You know, we've talked about how there's only 21 million coins, like there's only 21 million Bitcoin. That's technically not true. Currently, we have about 18 million, maybe 19 million, somewhere in there, Bitcoin. And every 10 minutes, new Bitcoin is produced, and eventually we will reach 21 million. How many? Six bit six point two Bitcoin are produced.
0: Six, and how much money is that right now in US dollars?
1: It's like it's like two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars.
0: So how long is it gonna take to get to um twenty one million?
1: Twenty one forty, the year twenty one forty.
0: Wait, why would it take that long? That doesn't add up.
1: Well, right. Okay. So one of the beauties of Bitcoin is that it's math. One of the concepts in Bitcoin that here's some new Bitcoin lingo for you is called the halving, as in chop in half, the halving.
0: The halving, that's so dramatic.
1: (laughs) It is a dramatic thing if you think about it, because every four years, like right now, every 10 minutes, 6.2 Bitcoin are created. And in 2024, that number is going to get cut in half. Hence the term, the having. So every four years, the reward, the new Bitcoin that gets created every 10 minutes, decreases.
0: Do they throw parties?
1: They throw, I mean...
0: When's the next one? We'll throw a party.
1: Okay. The last one was in May 2020. So the next one will be in 2024.
0: Okay. We're going to throw a party. (laughs) Everyone's invited.
1: You know what? There is a very strong possibility that the way that we celebrate Noru's, this is one of those things. It's going to be programmed into society until the day Bitcoin stops running.
0: When you compare something to Nowruz, which is the Persian New Year, mm-hmm. it's incredibly spiritual because it's tied to the lunar calendar and it's the first day of spring. You can't help but feel good things on that day.
1: And here's how we tie those two concepts together. In perpetuity, because we have math that tells us how the planets orbit the sun, the tilt of the planet, mm-hmm. right? Like. Uh, Everyone on the planet can agree that like today's night and day are going to be the exact same. And that agreement has been cultural if you celebrate Noru's, but that agreement is technically based in math. The math says this is that day. Bitcoin is very similar. We can all agree on that, but it's also in math. There are websites that are countdowns to the next halving. We know when it's going to happen.
0: Oh, and it's just like Noro's.
1: Bitcoin is almost identical to that. It doesn't matter who your leaders are. It doesn't matter what religion you observe. None of that matters. The halving is happening in 2024. And unless you kill all the electricity on this planet, that is a guarantee.
0: It seems like that makes Bitcoin the no-brainer. At this point, now that it's been around for over 10 years and it's only going up.
1: Bitcoin on a long enough timeline is going up. But whatever time horizon you pick, one, five, 10 years, there will be periods in there where it goes down, right? This isn't a straight line up. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the halving, because the subsidy is getting cut in half, that six Bitcoin is gonna get cut down to three, assuming everything stays the same, like no new people coming to the Bitcoin market, everybody who has their Bitcoin on auto buy just keeps buying, the supply is being decreased. So by definition, same demand, less supply. The price should increase.
0: Why? I don't think this is public knowledge. It is. Is it?
1: Once you decide to start learning about Bitcoin, here we are, what, episode four? Mm-hmm. And you're learning about the having Because the having is so integral to why, A, Bitcoiners believe it will go up on a long enough timeline, but also B, the having is what incentivizes people to get into the mining game to begin with. Because if you get into the mining game today, the subsidy is six Bitcoin every 10 minutes. But if you wait till 2024, the subsidy will be three Bitcoin.
0: It's too late for us to get into the game, though, because you've mined when you were just one computer.
1: The reason why you can't run it on your laptop anymore is not because the Bitcoin network got so unwieldy that you needed more powerful computers. That's not why. Someone sat down and made a computer specifically for mining Bitcoin.
0: And is that what made Bitcoin more expensive?
1: That is part of the equation of why Bitcoin is increasing in value, because it is this positive competition system. I'm trying to find the cheapest energy, the most efficient processors, the most efficient system so that... I have a greater chance of winning every 10 minutes. And so right now, almost all of the net, no one's mining on their laptop anymore.
0: The people who are mining right now are using up a lot of energy.
1: But that energy is not being wasted. Every 10 minutes, six Bitcoin are created. When everybody was running it on their laptops, those were low energy usage computers. But as we started building more custom built computers, Those computers took up more and more energy, but you get more guesses. The amount of energy that's used every 10 minutes roughly equates to what those six Bitcoin are worth. So in a way, Bitcoin is creating this like pricing mechanism for energy.
0: So then is it a bad thing when there are more Bitcoin miners because then it's costing more? to mine the same amount of Bitcoin.
1: The more computers that are on the network, the more the network is secure. And so one of Bitcoin's key value props is security. The more energy, literal energy, electricity that people use to power the Bitcoin network, the stronger it becomes. The stronger it becomes, the more valuable it is. The more valuable it is, more people get into the mining game and thus the cycle continues.
0: And, the more people that get into the mining game, the more competition there is to have the lowest operational costs, exactly. which means that y- you want the cheapest energy, which means that <laughs> bring, it <laughs> home, baby. Bring-, <laughs> bring it home. I'm just Bring it home. Which means that it breeds innovation in renewable energy.
1: I would only make one change to that. Okay. Which is it breeds innovation in energy. Huh because Bitcoin doesn't care where the energy comes from. If the energy happens to be renewable and happens to be cheap, great, I'll use that.
0: So part of the Satoshi Nakamoto project, was this an intention of that project to make the race for cheap energy?
1: It'd be very hard for a person to sit down and design that system explicitly, but if you just design a system that has a couple of like ground rules that are never gonna be changed, Everyone can react to those rules. They understand the game and the rules of the game are never going to change. And so I can build a business around that. I can innovate around that. And I can do simple math to say, for example, well, if I put my Bitcoin mining operation over here and energy costs are five cents a kilowatt, or I put my Bitcoin mining operation over here and energy is three cents a kilowatt. Okay, there's got to be a pretty good reason for me to not go to the $0.03 a kilowatt location. And right now, a lot of those $0.03 a kilowatt locations are just in the middle of nowhere. It's not that these Bitcoin miners don't want to go there. It's just that there's no people there. The but infrastructure now, isn't there. But now they're incentivized.
0: Right, because it's an it's a almost immediate payoff.
1: Almost immediate. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing a lot of Bitcoin miner operations popping up in the middle of nowhere.
0: So right now, how much energy does it take to produce 6 Bitcoin?
1: The Bitcoin subsidy is 6.2 Bitcoin. And currently, 6.2 Bitcoin is worth quarter of a million dollars, plus or minus. So wow. if you're a Bitcoin miner, you wouldn't be in that business if you couldn't sell your Bitcoin to at least get back what you paid to produce it. The price of Bitcoin is around about the price of the energy that it costs to produce that particular block of Bitcoin like every 10 minutes. So we're using about quarter of a million dollars every 10 minutes of energy.
0: Okay, so you said block and I I feel like we've both been avoiding this subject. Can you how much what do i need to know about the blockchain to understand bitcoin and understand bitcoin mining
1: from the original day that bitcoin the project started up we can go back and look at every transaction that's ever existed
0: it's all public
1: it's all public because it's all public you can audit that entire history so when you have the ability to audit the entire history of every transaction of bitcoin everyone can rest assured that within this 10-minute block you own yours, I own mine because of the previous block. And so with blockchain, all it does is it's a storage mechanism for storing all those transactions.
0: If that's all I need to know, I'm good.
1: I feel like blockchain is one of those things that has like really pushed people off from trying to understand Bitcoin, but you don't need to understand blockchain to understand Bitcoin.
0: Baby, that's music to my ears.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the block blockchain technology is like the last thing I learned about Bitcoin. It's like you don't know how your cell phone works or you don't know how your car works, but you get in it and it drives. You turn it on, you make a call. It works.
0: The blockchain technology isn't what makes Bitcoin this indestructible system, right? It's the mining.
1: Yeah, it is a distributed computing network that makes it indestructible. We have a computer upstairs that's part of that network. And so if you wanted to kill Bitcoin, you'd have to kill every computer in the world that's running Bitcoin, including ours.
0: But we're not mining.
1: So when I said you could audit the blockchain, the computer upstairs that we're running is auditing the blockchain.
0: And you said it doesn't use up a lot of electricity.
1: It uses up less electricity than any appliance in the house. Right. So I'm good with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was good with it before I really understood what Bitcoin was. So what I'm hearing you say is that Bitcoin is too big to fail.
1: At this point, 2022, it is too big to fail.
0: Ooh, too big to fail. Well, okay. I feel like in the dating process, I now understand what Bitcoin does for a living. Like I understand how it affords its lavish lifestyle. So it's, you know, so far so good. But that's enough dating for now. I want to get online and I want to chat with my friends about this bitcoin that i'm getting to know so remember get on our social share our clips jump in on the bitcoin banter and let's all keep flirting with bitcoin